0: Welcome to The Purse Podcast. My name is Yada Hlistover and we are changing the conversation for women about money and investing. I'm super excited about my guest today, Paulina Tenner. Paulina is an entrepreneur, an angel investor, an author, a TEDx speaker, and a founder of Grant Tree, which was started with a purpose to help tech startups navigate the complex world of government funding. Since 2010, the team grew organically from 2 to 50 and raised over 200 million pounds for more than 600 technology startups and scale ups using solely government funding schemes such as R&D tax credits and Innovate UK grants. Grantree is also an open culture company which pioneered a self-set salary scheme and an empowering culture governed by Holacracy. Paulina is also a seed investor, a startup mentor, and an author of Laid Bear, what the business leader learned from the stripper, describing leadership lessons she learned as a burlesque dancer. Now, in this podcast interview, Paulina talks to us about the process of launching a new venture fund, how she's engaging with investors, especially as an emerging fund manager, and the startups she's likely to invest in. We talk about Paulina's journey as an angel investor, female founders access to capital, and how she's personally investing her own money outside of angel investing. And to finish up, Paulina shares advice for women who want to become angel investors or indeed emerging fund managers. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Please note that the interview is for informational purposes only, we do not provide investment advice. Paulina, welcome to The Purse
1: Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on this show. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Much appreciated.
0: We're going to be talking about money and investing. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and specifically your journey to where you are today? And I'm also very interested to know what inspired you to start your own business 11 years ago
1: Absolutely. So I work quite a few hearts, as you alluded to, I am a founder. I have a company called Tree, which I started 11 years ago. And these days it's over 50 people strong and it's delivered over 200 million worth of equity free funding from the government to startups and scale ups. I'm an angel investor, so I've invested in 11, 12 companies in the last seven years. I am also a speaker and an author. I've got my first book coming out in November, which is really exciting. A fun fact about me. I used to be a burlesque dancer as a hobby. So the book is called laid bear what the business leader Learned from the stripper. And it's talking about my two personalities and how they kind of interact together. So yeah, what inspired me to launch my business, I came to London in 2006 to study at UCL as an affiliate student and I fairly early on started networking with startups. I used to go to kind of techie meetups with bearded geeks sipping on pints of beer, talking about product market fit. Back then I had no idea what product market fit was, but I would do my best to take part in those conversations. And it just fascinated me. I started my first business with a much older business partner who I learned quite a bit from. And at some point I felt ready to start Grantree. It just seemed like good time. I wasn't in a very good financial position at all. I was really hungry to make a good living for myself and make a success out of it. I did it with my then boyfriend and now husband, which can be tricky, but worked for us as a couple to do it together. And yeah, I haven't looked back. I think it's probably the most interesting career choice to start a business because you learn so much about yourself and you evolve as a human being as the business evolves.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, I know for myself from a very young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's just something that you feel in your bones, isn't it? Almost you're excited by the innovation, the newness, creating something new and building it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And the joy of creating something that wasn't there before is just amazing. And it just gives you so much energy to know that you can actually affect something in the world. You can birth something, you can influence an entire market or industry. And I think there's nothing like it. There are obviously many satisfying and fulfilling career choices, but I really think there's nothing like entrepreneurship.
0: It's certainly not the easiest path, but it is the most challenging and the most rewarding. Now, you're a founder, which you have just talked about, an angel investor, and you've recently started looking into launching a new venture fund. I'm curious to know why you've decided to launch a new fund and how that thought process took place. And if you can share how you're going about
1: setting this up. Good question. So I'm still very much in the throes of it. So Grantree has grown to a point where it's kind of self-managing. So we've got a really skilled CEO, a lady who used to be our FD before, and I'm free to focus on other projects. And it just seems like a natural career move. I've always been passionate about startups, helping founders, investing in startups as an angel as well, mentoring startups. And It just seems to be the right next move for me career-wise to invest out of a venture fund. It's not easy to raise a fund and there's a lot of due diligence that goes with it on both sides. So the LPs limited partners would do a lot of due diligence on you, ask about your track record, etc. And you need to do a lot of due diligence on them. I recently got a bit burned. There's an investor that offered me a substantial amount of money but having done some checks on that person, I realized that it's not really a good idea to take money from them. So again, due diligence checks go both ways. It's definitely not the easiest process. There's also FCA accreditation, which you need to get for a fund, which is a process that's quite costly and takes a few months. And then, you know, the whole responsibility of investing somebody else's money of, Providing a decent ROI on that is an important part of it. What else can I say? I'm still very much learning. I'm asking a lot of questions, so it's very much a learning curve, which is enjoyable. And the brand is called Little Whale Ventures because we help little whales become big whales and make some serious moves.
0: Oh, I like it. Thank you. Who are you working with to develop your thinking? and understanding around how to launch the fund. Do you have advisors? You mentioned that you're reaching out to other women in venture. Who's kind of inspired you or inspiring you to do
1: this? People like, for example, Czech Warner who is a GP and founder of Ada Ventures. They focus on underestimated founders and female founders is one of the categories that they're interested in. Really look up to her and what she achieved. She put together a document on how she raised this fund and it was really helpful to go through it and it answered a lot of questions that I had. So there are definitely people in this space I'm looking up to. There's someone who agreed to be an advisor to the fund, who's had seven exits and quite a lot of experience in M&A, et cetera. So yeah, still kind of on the lookout for the right types of advisors and non-execs, so it's Very much work in progress, but again, really enjoyable work of talking to people I look up to, learning from them. Having the right people
0: around you, especially when you're launching something for the first time, right? Whether it's a startup or a fund or what have you, having these advisors, knowing who's right for you, who can give you the appropriate advices is absolutely key. And then the next step is, how are you thinking about the investors that you want for your fund. So what's the process of deciding who to target? How do you engage them? How do you get them on board? Especially if you're starting out as an emerging fund manager. I'm sure this is all the stuff that you've got in your head at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Some people learn from books. Some people learn in courses of all sorts. All I know about business, I've learned from other people that I've done business with. So for me, the way I learn is to go out there, meet people for coffees, lunches, collaborate with them where possible. And I think it's actually amazing that people in the startup industry and in venture in general, unless they're super busy, which also happens, but in general tend to be really helpful and really open. And that's absolutely fantastic that there's this kind of spirit of like knowledge sharing and we're all in this together. So let's help one another instead of kind of seeing one another as competition. I love that about startups and about investors as well, that there's this sense of collaboration and creating something bigger together, like a whole support ecosystem for startups. And the more of us are investing, the more of us are advising startups, the better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how does it feel as a female stepping into this space? We know that there are still so few angel investors, I think in the UK, the figures 14-15 percent or I think it varies between 14 to 17 percent of angel investors and then in terms of female VCs are well, talk- the
1: figures for the US mm-hmm. somewhere because I was actually during the weekend I was recording a talk for Lady Karen Brady's women in business and tech expo so for the US twenty nine point five percent of angel investors are female and eleven percent of VCs are female in the UK I Don't have the stats of the UK, but I'm I'm sure that what you're saying is correct. There's definitely a movement in the right direction in terms of more and more women deciding to be involved in startups and deciding to be investors. I'm really inspired by someone called Angel Gambino. She is really talented, multi exited founder and investor based in the Bay area, I'm in her clubhouse rooms, sometimes a few times a week. I can definitely see that more and more women are stepping into this space and believe in kind of giving back and inspiring female founders that are at the beginning of their journey and kind of imparting their wisdom. So I think there's going to be more and more women investors. I definitely believe in supporting women and underrepresented founders myself. So I would love to see as time goes on that more women are more Risk friendly approach. So it's a bit of a cliche that women are not very risk friendly. I have personally seen a lot of women that are actually fantastic and like to take big risks. And investing in startups is a risky business, let's face it.
0: I think it's understanding risk, and we use the term so loosely. But if you have all the information that you need, it's about taking calculated risk and you need a little bit of courage. But Women have proven time and time again that they're more than happy to take that risk, just like you're doing, Paulina. And mm. it's, you know, it's very new, right? It's new territory, even though you've been angel investing, setting up a venture fund is a completely different beast, but you're stepping into it and you're doing
1: it strategically
0: carefully. Absolutely.
1: And I'm super passionate about it, to be honest with you. I really believe that more women should have that confidence in themselves that they can run a fund, that it's something that is doable. And I'm really looking forward to actually being in a position, hopefully in the next few months when I can start investing much bigger checks into startups. Um, The fund will be writing checks of between 250 to 500k, so much bigger than my usual angel checks, which are 10 to 20k, sometimes 50. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Why would you not initially set up, say, an angel syndicate and then move on to starting a venture fund?
1: So, that is something I'm considering. There's a couple of deals that I'm currently working on. So, it's very possible that there will be an SPV set up for that. It's definitely something that is very sensible to do before you run a fund to do an SPV or an angel syndicate. Yeah.
0: And in terms of your investment thesis, have you got any kind of outline framework of what you'd be investing in, the type of startups?
1: most of my knowledge and experience is in the b2b software space so Mm -hmm. that's what i want to focus on it's highly scalable there's really interesting startups in it i have a keen interest in the green tech space also fintech future of work health and well-being also very interesting space so i will be focusing on b2b software
0: and when you say green tech can you give us an
1: example so Probably, waste to energy is my favorite type of green tech proposition, just because there's so much that we can do recycling waste, be it bio waste or any other type of waste, and creating energy out of it or creating different rubber metals. it's fascinating. It is a really fascinating space.
0: and It is very popular now, isn't it? Women especially tend to focus on ESG. And you've indicated that that is a part of your investment thesis. So really interesting. Do you have an idea of how much money you want to raise for this fund? 10 to 20 million pounds for the first fund. Okay. So once you raise the money, how are you thinking about diversifying and managing risk with that
1: fund? I think just focusing on different verticals within B2B software, having founders from a variety of backgrounds and with a variety of experience, having obviously female founders and underestimated founders, definitely in the mix. Mm-hmm. This statistics show that for every dollar invested in male teams, 31 cents of revenue gets generated whereas for every dollar invested in female teams it equals 78 cents worth of roi so it's just fantastic what you can achieve as an investor when you focus on underestimated founders so that's definitely going to be part of my diversification strategy age for example is an interesting one there is a lot to be said for Having a track record and experience as a founder and having had exits before, ideally, but also younger founders, I think, have a lot to offer. So I'm not going to limit myself to investing in founders with a track record. I'm definitely going to look into helping first time founders as well, who perhaps have run a business before, but haven't had exits or haven't really scaled the business before. So that's also part of diversification for me geographically speaking i do want to focus on the uk potentially propositions coming from europe but i won't going to the us at this point i think with the first fund it's better to focus on the geography that you know where you have a good reputation as a person in the startup community and having run grant tree for the last 11 years we my business partner daniel and i are fairly well known in the startup community in london at least so I want to capitalize on that.
0: That makes a huge difference. Uh, I just want to go back to your earlier point where you said that you're really looking at investing across the spectrum. So pre-seed as well as seed, is that right? Are you looking at investing
1: beyond seed? There will be a proportion of the fund reserved for follow ones. So yes, but we'll only invest in series A's for example of startups where we've had some equity in their seed or pre-seed round.
0: It's really interesting to see how more and more VCs are acknowledging that because it's so competitive out there, they need to get to founders a lot sooner and invest in pre-seed. So getting to know founders and investing in their business, even if they're not as experienced or they haven't had an exit is smart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently speaking to two founders who have had consultancy type businesses before, but they haven't really run startups. But I still believe that they're super driven, super capable, and it's important to give those founders a chance as opposed to a lot of people in the venture space, just focus on second and third time founders. Obviously it's an approach to limit risk, but I really believe that those first time founders should be given a chance as well.
0: And especially if we're talking about female founders. A lot of female founders will be first-time founders, so they need to be given a chance.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I see a lot of talent amongst female founders. Women tend to be quite frugal with money. They usually ask for less money than men uh, when they're raising finance, which is not really a great thing. So I encourage women to look at how to... Raise, for example, instead of raising uh, for a runway of six months, raise for a runway of twelve to eighteen months, so be bolder and more clear when it comes to their ask. But women tend to be quite frugal in most cases less bold than male founders, so again, as much as possible, I'm encouraging women to actually stand their ground and really be aware of the value of their proposition, but they're quite meticulous. They're fantastic when it comes to one, of collaborating, creating great teams. So, yeah, I really believe in girls in startups. Well said. Now, what does success
0: ultimately look like for you with the fund and even looking further
1: ahead? I would like to deploy the capital really well across a solid, diverse portfolio of startups that will give me a good base for Raising fund two and then hopefully fund three as well. I would like to be in a position where Little Whale Ventures is recognized as the kind of fund that supports first time founders, underestimated founders, and that actually is startup friendly, gets back to people, even if it's a no. There's some feedback that we can offer. So I wouldn't want to be one of those investors that seems very unapproachable and actually difficult to get anything in terms of feedback out of i'm just genuinely in this game because i love startups i love founders and i believe that it's people that create their own businesses and projects that will ultimately kind of shape the future of the world we live in and if we could support the most talented people globally give them the capital that they need and really allocate talent in the best way possible, the talent that's already accessible to us, talent that's already out there, give them the support they need. We could solve all manner of civilizational crisis when it comes to the environment, when it comes to hunger, poverty, if we're only able to back the right people and support them in creating their projects and businesses, we could live in a fantastic world. Um, it's a matter of backing the right people, giving them those wings to fly on. Yeah,
0: well said, Paulina. I think what's crucial is for the investor to have very clear intention about where they want that money to go and why. And as you say, if you're very focused from the outset about addressing some of the world's most critical problems and there are quite a few, you're going to choose to invest in founders, in talent and companies that are addressing that rather than, say, putting money into yet another scooter startup or something like that. We hear (laughs) this all the time, right? So much money, hundreds of millions piling into these scooter startups. Meanwhile, we still haven't solved poverty or obviously our climate crisis. Let's not forget about that. So if you start out with the clear intention that you're going to put capital to work, which will address problems that we really need to sort out as, as soon as possible, you, we're just going to change the world we live in. And we're going to change it a lot faster.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm a massive believer in human potential, in the fact that we already have all the talent and all the resources we have, globally speaking. It's just a matter of finding that talent and deploying those resources in the right way. And we are in a position to solve all the problems we are facing as a civilization if we identify the right people and support them. So because of that, as soon as I had a little bit of money to spare, instead of having a more expensive lifestyle, I just chose to put that money away and invested in startups, even though I know it's a very risky proposition. But it's just a consequence of what I believe in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hugely passionate about startups.
0: Wonderful. And hugely passionate about investing, obviously. I want to dig a little bit deeper now and talk about women investing, women investors. And, you know, you've just said that when you had a bit of spare money, you decided to invest in a startup. Can you share your experience and specifically how you got started? I mean, obviously, as a founder, you're connected to the startup network and, you know, you know, investors and so on. But can you add a little bit of color to the process? And how did you decide? on the first startup that you invested in. And just as another question, do you choose to invest as part of a community or a syndicate or more individually?
1: My first investment was part of a syndicate. My very first investment, actually the company didn't do well. There's a couple of them. All the other ones are doing relatively well, but they actually closed down. So my first ever investment decision wasn't the best one. I kind of went with, there was a bit of hype around that particular company. They've done really well on Kickstarter. And I probably haven't done enough due diligence on them, to be really honest. But my second and third have done much better. I think the second company I invested in was a client of Grantree. So I had a really good visibility of Grantree's deal flow and a lot of startups were coming to us seeking grants. And in order to qualify for a grant, you actually need to be involved in what... Innovate UK looks at as step change innovation. So we had access to a variety of startups that were doing very exciting things. And I think my second investment that came through Grantree's deal flow, they raised quite a few rounds following on from that first round I got involved in and they're doing quite well as a company actually.
0: Fantastic. I guess no one wants the first investment or any investment to not be successful, but equally you learned so much. I'm sure you learned so much from that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And because it was under SEIS as well, I got most of that money back as a tax saving. So I think SEIS and EIS schemes are absolutely fantastic in terms of what they're doing to encourage movement of capital and encourage more investment in startups.
0: So SCIS is essentially where I think startups can raise to 150,000. Is it still that? Yes. And as an investor, you can get 50% back on your investment if things don't go according to plan?
1: Yes, 50% back as a tax rebate. So as a Mm write-off, essentially whatever, if I invest 10,000 pounds, 5,000 pounds is saved in terms of my personal tax return.
0: Yep. And it must have really brought home the idea of, yes, I need to do my own due diligence. I need to understand what this business is actually doing. Of course, it's a lot easier to do if you have access to the information, right? What stood out in your experience as a female angel investor? I'm specifically interested to hear whether you've picked up on any patterns or ways in which women think and invest, which may be a little different compared to men. And whether you've seen in practice how this might be benefiting female entrepreneurs.
1: I think women are getting more and more risk friendly as opposed to risk averse. As I said, I have met quite a few women on my path as an investor who have taken considerable risks and done really well. I would like to see more women raising finance. So statistically speaking, women tend to finance their businesses via loans or their own savings, more so than going out there to seek investors. And i will just like to see more female founders feeling empowered and really believing in the value of their proposition and getting out there to meet investors. What differences have I seen between male and female investors, not that many, to be honest. I think we're more similar than the industry would like to believe. I've met both fantastic male and female investors who really love supporting founders and obviously are motivated by a possible return. And that's always on our minds as investors that we need to be backing startups that could potentially end up getting 5 to 10% bigger in the next few years and could potentially become business valued at a few hundred million pounds or dollars. Because we know that eight or nine of the companies that we invest in will not do that well. So it's super important to pick the ones that have at least the potential to scale so that the one or two out of our portfolio hopefully do really well. And it put us in a position where we put back even more into the startup scene.
0: Now, I didn't actually put this question in the questions, but I'm going to ask you anyway. We can always edit this out. <laughs> but this is a question about personal investing. Now, you already talked about the fact that you're an angel investor. So you invest your own money into startups and you're setting up this VC fund. You're a founder as well. How do you think about investing in other ways? Being a founder is high risk. Investing in startups is high risk. Do you invest your money in any other ways? How do you make sure that there's a bit of balance?
1: So absolutely, as an investor, you have to diversify. I would not encourage anyone to put their entire savings into startup investing. That would not be responsible. So I've done quite a few things over the years. I've invested in done property loans. I've done a portion of my savings pot in crypto i'm looking at the moment at potentially investing into an nft which is a very hot trend at the moment i've done some b2b loans through a company called arch over capital so yeah there's quite a few things that i have done to make sure that i diversify my investment approach and a proportion of it goes into startups
0: I'm sort of grinning to myself because investing in crypto and investing in NFTs is still fairly high risk. Yeah. But what I love, Paulina, about you is you're in that high risk category.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. Well, you know what? I've got some property loans and things like that that I'm doing. It is the way I'm wired. I mean, that's why I'm so in love with startup investing. I I understand that most of the capital put into startups will just be lost, but that's why I like to invest in companies where kind of looking back. Mm given how passionate they are, how driven they are, looking back, I'm almost happy to invest that money knowing that in 80 to 90% of cases, it will be lost. But I just want to support those people Mm. because of how passionate they are. It's very
0: mission driven as well. And of course, if you consider a startup to be a lot more riskier than what you'd normally put your money in, you just reduce the check size. And I think it's easier now to put in say a thousand pounds as opposed to writing a check for twenty five thousand or fifty thousand. Yeah. So there are ways to manage that. People shouldn't be put off by the risky nature, but it's it's very individual and obviously this is not investment advice. Everyone should do their own research. All right. So my last question, Paulina, again, thank you for sharing everything you have. Very exciting time for you. Just talking about it makes me very excited, thinking great, we've got another female led Venture fund in the making in the UK. It's fantastic. (laughs) So, my last question: What advice do you have for women who want to become an angel investor? So, they've never angel invested before, or and or they're thinking about becoming a VC fund manager.
1: First of all, just get really clear what your strengths are, and do it with people that will complement you and get really clear what kind of help and support you need and how you learn best so personally i learn from meeting people and talking to them following their example it might be a good idea for you to do a course on angel investing for example or read books you know yourself so surround yourself by a support network and people such as co-founders but also advisors that will really compliment you and really give you that boost of confidence that really believe in you cultivate that self-knowledge and believe in yourself to begin with and then surround yourself by people who will have your back.
0: Wonderful advice. Now, for listeners who want to connect with you, how can they find you? And also, did you want to share any more about your book and when it's out? When can we all get our hands on it?
1: Of course. So my company, Grant Tree's website is Grant Tree that's uk. My personal website is paulina, P-A-U-L-I-N-A, tenner, as in 10 pounds, paulinatenner.com. I am also paulina at Paulina paulinatenner on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I am sharing my company, grantry's journey, When it comes to its culture, Grandtree is a kind of self-managing company where people set their own salaries and all the financials are internally transparent. So there's quite a lot of stuff that we've achieved in terms of our cultural evolution. And I'm sharing that all, plus my approach to investing in startups as well and women in business in my new book called Laid Bare, What the Business Leader Learned from the Stripper. I used to be a burlesque dancer and I kind of weave in some stories from the glamorous world of burlesque into a book that's essentially full of business advice to people that want to start startups or are kind of looking at novel approaches to culture, people management, etc. If you'd like to know more about the book or, or pre-order it, it's paulinatenner.com forward slash book. And I would love to be in touch with you and just answer your questions, hear your stories. So ping me an email or get in touch with me on social media.
0: Please get in touch with Paulina, get her book. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> and we'll catch up soon, Paulina. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jana. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me online at Join the Purse. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter, jointhepurse.substack.com. Until next time, goodbye.